Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by Basketball News. My name is Iman, and I am joined by Sandy. Sandy, what's up? Nothing much, nothing much. Just uh, just chilling like a villain. Um, there is a lot going on in the NBA. It seems like something new and disgusting happens in the NBA every minute of every day, um, and it's hard to uh, keep up. So we're here to talk about it. It's so unfortunate, but like, yeah, it's like every day there seems to be another story. And the NBA season is what, like two weeks old and there's some great basketball being played. There's so many like on court stories that can be happening, but they're all being trumped by everything that's happening off the court, which is really, really unfortunate. And yeah, we we came together as women because we didn't hear a lot of our voices in media and quite Frankly, when you don't have a diverse group of people with diverse experiences speaking on these subject matters that are real world issues that affect everybody in different ways, quite frankly, it just it leaves a lot to be desired. You feel like you're missing out on so many opinions um, and and so many sides of the story. And that's why we came together at Decision Dimes, which is why I think we felt it was important to create a podcast. We still want to talk about basketball. There's still some great things happening on the court as well. But we thought we would uh, take some time to address some of the stuff that's happening off the court. And first... Joshua Primo. I mean, I don't even know how to sort of begin into a segue. He was the 12th overall pick for the San Antonio Spurs. He's a Canadian kid um, and the youngest player in the draft last year. And I remember being surprised first that the Spurs reached to get him with the 12th overall pick and being even more surprised when we found out a couple of a week ago, honestly, that he was going to be waived by the San Antonio Spurs, which is something that has never happened in the NBA, where a lottery pick in his second season before he has an age that doesn't end in teen at the end of it, um, is just going to be completely waived. And it, I mean, it certainly surprised me. What were your thoughts when that news broke? Um, At first, honestly, I thought it was something pertaining and it could very well still be pertaining to his mental health um, and, and, and the like, but 
I did not think at all that when he released his statement about um about needing to take some time off to really deal with his mental health issues, um, that that would be the reason why. Um, so it was, I felt a little bamboozled a little because I, you know, he comes up with that statement. I feel really bad for him because he's a, he's a kid. I can't imagine what he's possibly going through for him to be waived by the Spurs and, um, and not play basketball um, for the foreseeable future. Um, but it certainly started to make sense once we we found out what actually occurred. It's like, yeah, they're not going to let you go because you're having a psychotic break. Um, they, you know, they should let you go um, when, you know, you uh, are in danger to yourself. A, a woman unprovoked and without consent. So uh, I was very conflicted when the whole story came out. I just felt like blindsided to be honest I mean yeah honestly like when it first broke I was like okay something serious must have happened for this to be the response I mean he was waived on October 28th and on October 10th they gave they exercised his third year option on his contract right so that like guaranteed him another 4.3 million dollars um and that they committed to paying him and then two weeks later to waive him it's like what why information must have come up between October 10th and October 28th that really scared the Spurs away from this and I remember being like well good on the Spurs because I mean Ime Udoka suspended for a full year what is that even they're not taking a strong stance one way or another it leads to so many questions about the severity of his actions whereas here come the Spurs saying we won't tolerate anything. We don't know what it is at this point, but we won't tolerate anything that happens. As soon as we find something out, we're going to take a firm and hard stance on it. And that was great. And then you find out what happens and you were like, oh, wow. Okay. That's really troubling. I don't know what Joshua Primo's past traumas are. And I never want to, um, I never want to downplay any of that because I I can't imagine what he would have gone through to lead to this point where he's at in his life currently. Um, But good on the Spurs. Then, then November 3rd comes around and you find out, oh, no, they did not learn new information between October 10th and October 28th that led to this decision, unless the new information is that there was a lawsuit at their doors. Because that seems to be what precipitated what precipitated is that a word is that am I using it in the correct context who knows you guys know what I mean though um (laughs) uh this this waving of a player it wasn't his actions but a lawsuit at the doors what it seems like now now that we've learned more information now we still don't really know the full extent of this they're not totally commenting on anything right now and there's just there's I feel like it's going to be pretty messy and I feel like we're going to learn a lot What, what about you what are your thoughts I mean, yeah, I I agree 100%. I I actually feel horrible for um patting the Spurs organization Good. on the back for doing the right thing. I I thought, you know what? Um 
Boston, man. take notes. Turns out, like, don't <laughs> That's do how that. You deal with the situation, don't right? Do you don't that. give them a one-year suspension. You tell them you're off the fucking team. Like, <laughs> Act swiftly, and then we find Look out. Look later. at the organization acting um, swiftly and with with sense, and then you find out. But they could. And then you find out it's the complete opposite. The like absolute the furthest like from possible like accountability like they literally they literally waved him once they realized they were about to get sued as an organization they're like oh shit oh boy and we we need to like stress that all of this is alleged we're going to be using that word quite a bit in any of this because so much of it is so vague right like we have more access than we've ever had to these teams which is why we get any of these stories in the first place is it's not the likelihood that this is the first year where we're getting tons of NBA drama um, is, is you know, not very likely. We, we know that this is a, a league that has its a, a strong history with scandal um, as any sports league, as any sort of corporate space as well <laughs> as anywhere in this world but we have more access now uh twitter offers something that just did not exist in years past um and and so we we get more of these stories and we get these stories we get information on these stories rather quickly which i think is another thing that we didn't get in the past as well um but we do have to use the word alleged because the spurs are denying a whole lot we don't want to get a suit. And also, like, we don't know. We don't want to speculate on something as though it's fact when, in reality, there's still a lot of information that we we just don't have the concrete facts on. Sorry, I wanted to just interrupt to say yeah, that true. before Everything we, we say here is alleged, alleged, alleged. We're not going to get sued. Alleged, <laughs> allegedly, um, it happened, even though... Is that even alleged I, at this point? I, so I why did they wave you? Like, why did you come up with we... your past traumas? Also, can we just say, I just, because here's what bothered me in my soul a little bit, is the day that it happened, the day that he got waved, he put out a statement, Joshua Primo did, to ESPN. This is not alleged. This actually was a thing that he did. I'm not going to use words I do not know the concrete legal definition for. You guys know what I mean. But here's what bothered me. His a couple of days later, his lawyer comes out with a statement. And it turns out it was all a misunderstanding. Turns out he just, you know, couldn't wear underwear with his shorts or something. Like it turns out that nine times you could just have uh, you know, um a slippage of sorts, which like, can we be real? Can that not be your excuse? I'm so sorry. Like, you guys had a you guys had 10 months. 10 months to come up with an excuse. If you aren't going to change your behaviors, at least come up with a viable excuse besides I don't wear underwear because that's literally what it sounds like, does it not? They're literally using the big dick excuse and it's fucking ridiculous. I hate it. He's he's a 19-year-old boy. You're telling me he doesn't know when to tuck and when to, you know, like shift? And I'm sorry. Okay. 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 Maybe I could give you, um, I'm, I'm, I could give you the benefit of the doubt for a one time. Oh, oops. Like, oops. Out of, it doesn't make sense, but okay, fine. It happened once. Sure. Nine times to the same person. 
is beyond the me. lawyer thinks we're stupid you you take you take us for dummies is that what it is you had so much time to come up with another i could come up with better reasons for you right now and then the second thing and this really like really really upsets me is calling this racially charged i hate i hate i hate when this conversation is something as serious as sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, sexual assault. And it gets, because I I feel so strongly about racially charged incidents and I feel so strongly about sexual harassment and for people to just use one to discredit a sexual assault allegation or sexual harassment in any way is truly, truly upsetting. You know what's interesting is that the power dynamic there, um, as much as we do, like, and again, um, these things do happen, racially motivated incidents with white women and black men in these positions definitely happen. And so we in no way want to minimize. Okay, so we we in no way want to minimize the fact that these incidents, these racially motivated incidents between black men and white women do happen and they happen in the sports world. We're not, we're not taking away from any of that, but I also do want to put into perspective the fact that the organization literally sided with Primo. (laughs) Like, like they ignored this woman's pleas. She wanted to rectify and resolve the situation in house Mm -hmm. wasn't even supposed to come out we weren't supposed to know about any of this they ignored her for months she was forced allegedly allegedly (laughs) for months okay she met up with him allegedly nine other times besides the, the 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 first time where she she went to management they were giving her the runaround mm-hmm so the first incident allegedly happened december 2021 yep Management didn't see her until January. And she told them. She told them. And they were giving her the runaround. And then on top of it, they don't pick up her contract Mm. because they no longer trust her judgment Mm. working with these players. Mm -hmm. She wanted to continue working with the other players that she's built a connection with, that she wants to help. And they did not allow her to do her job to to her full capacity because she still had to work with somebody who was harassing her, harassing her sexually. Why? Because he was the 12th pick. Yep. Right. So we're going to bring up the dynamic of the white woman who is using her position to um, abuse um, and subjugate a black man. You have to put into perspective what's happening here. The context here yep. is that the organization preferred their asset. Primo, yep over the protection protecting their employee who's worked with numerous other people and my whole thing too is that if indeed she was doing this to bring him down whatever that excuse would be i don't think she would do that to josh primo who's making four million dollars <laughs> there are other players that she could accuse and make real money accusing if that were really what she was trying to do, if she was really trying to make money off of this situation, it wouldn't be a 19-year-old going into his rookie contract or his second, you know, being picked up 
His third. And he wouldn't have started this dialogue and gone to his team back in January about it. And like, it wouldn't like it. Clearly, this is a long term. This is like it, it's. A, I don't. I, but I, I think that you raise a really, really great point about the power dynamics at play, which is why I think racially charged is a part of the defense right now. Because if you look at the power dynamics between them, he's the player. He is more valuable to the team. He's their 12th overall pick. He makes more than she does, I'm assuming, um, just as the 12th overall pick. So in terms of that, he has power over her in all of those other areas, just with age, which they brought up, a 40-year-old versus a 19-year-old, just in terms of age and race. That is literally it. We're talking about a man. You know, like in terms of power dynamics that exist, which is something that we're going to be talking quite a bit about because, hey, Ime Udoka also exists in this league. Um, in terms of power dynamics, that's kind of the only thing where they can be like, look, she used her power. Look, look, this is a, a long history. Like, you know what I mean? This is this is that. And it's just it's really frustrating and it's, it's really sad. And I hope that, you know, Joshua Primo, he's 19. I'm not saying like do away with him or anything like that. Like, I really hope that he gets the care that he needs. I hope that he gets the help that he needs. And quite frankly, I'm disappointed in the Spurs for not protecting a woman on their staff from this. This is like, to me, the Spurs have been held up as the pinnacle organization they have been held up as a team where it's like follow the spurs model look at what they do they're doing everything right and you know what popovich kind of even led on that in his statement when you know he was kind of asked about this like he he kind of was like well like kind of pointing to their track record and it's like yeah that's what that's what i would do as well (laughs) which is why i'm incredibly disappointed um that that you guys did not ele- like do anything like he said I can't talk about the details but what I will say is that I stand by the statement that came out yesterday because of course they're keeping uh quiet about this um and uh I would only add that anybody that has observed the Spurs over a very long period of time knows that an accusation like this would be taken very seriously without any doubt whatsoever. So they are banking on the fact that we trust them as an organization when this is never like, have you ever heard of an incident like this from the Spurs? No. So how do we actually know how you guys have been handling anything? I don't know. You may work in your franchise for a very long time. I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't sue me. You may <laughs> joke. Um, but no, like, it's just, I just, I, you, you would expect from more from pop. And here's the thing. Allegedly he learned about this back in June, but I think Busby also said that that's something that, and and um, Busby is the uh, lawyer who will be representing um, the doctor, Dr. Hillary here. Um, and he has, he has said that maybe she was lied to with that. So we don't actually know who knew what and when, but we do know, according to her, that this incident happened in December of 2021. And she told the team in January of 2022. That's what it seems like. And that's, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's unfortunate. I would expect more, but also I think what we've learned, Sandy, is never to expect anything from the NBA because, um, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, (laughs) Ime Udoka 
Ime Udoka. Like I'm actually really tired of hearing that name. I'm tired. It's enough. <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> Long time San Antonio Spur, Ime Udoka, married to my fave, but that's besides the point. Uh, let, let's get into what actually matters. So he was the head coach of the Boston Celtics, and he was suspended for an entire year, which seemed like the wrong thing to do. I think from the get-go, it seemed like the Celtics were doing everything wrong. because. Why are you suspending him for a full year? Is his were his actions bad enough to say we're parting ways? Or like, like what? Because like we're seeing now with Kyrie, and we'll get into him in just a little bit. Don't you worry. What a five-day suspension <laughs> consists of like how bad your actions have to be for that. So how bad do your actions have to be for a year? That's long? actually a really good point. Do you know how bad you have to act to get suspended in this? No. Can we talk about how you bad have to be racist and misogynist for like 17 whole years? Like, you know me, we should <laughs> like Bro, like if Kyrie's actions get that, like I just I can't imagine what it is. And here's the thing: they're staying quiet on that, and that's fine. Like I like I'm sure, but they're leaving for a lot of speculation because of their because they just did not handle it in a swift and just way. And like I don't know how much you want to spend time on email, and I'll like we can certainly do that. But my question is, Brooklyn, honey, sis. It's kind of a mess over there. It's kind of been a mess over there for a while. We'll get to it in just a little bit. But you think. I know he's been there before. I know y'all are homeboys. Uh, like I, I get he was the assistant coach for, you know, so he knows KD. He knows Kyrie. But when you look at the mess that is Brooklyn, do you think to yourself that actually what we need is the first coach we've ever seen get suspended for an entire... You just suspended Kyrie Irving for five days and you thought to yourself... Let's make it worse. Actually. Let's let's lean into this shit. (laughs) You know who's been suspended for longer than five days? (laughs) Like, do you guys, like, is it the payroll? Is it too high? Do you think if you just have a bunch of people who get suspended, you get to come back on this giant tax bill that you have? Is that what it is? Is this a money-saving moment? I cannot. My God, they're going to lose a couple days. We can shave a couple, you know, 100000 off. <laughs> Bro, they're like, you know what? I don't have to pay you if you're not coaching. I don't have to pay you if you're not playing. In this tax, but I didn't realize how expensive it would be to be paying for this super. Ooh, that's cheap. funny. <laughs> Let me find a way to get a bunch of suspended people. But Ooh. for real, for real, yeah. for real, what is the deal with like how how what what is your thoughts on all of this? <laughs> Just you know when you put it that way, it's just it's funny. It's not funny. It's not funny, but it's funny. <laughs> like it's, it's not, not funny. Fun. The whole situation is so fucked. Listen. It's it's funny because it's like what common sense. If somebody's been suspended for a year, let's use let's use common sense. Okay, <coughs> the last thing you want to do, and this is somebody who hasn't taken accountability for what he's done. I don't he think now you're gonna put him on a press conference, he's gonna have to talk every day. Okay, the team is already Kyrie is Kyrie. Y'all saw how bad press conferences go. You have Kyrie Irving on you see how bad it can go. 
Because that shit was terrible. That was a train wreck. That was bad. And they said more of that. Because you know what's going to happen? Brooklyn is going to play Boston. And they have tons of questions. The amount, can you imagine (laughs) the press conference that day? Curry ain't playing any game in no dance. <laughs> oh my God. Ben Simmons can't go to Philly. He may can't go in Boston. to Boston. Kyrie can't leave I don't even his think house. Emmy's going to show up for those games. So, look, I just feel like there's no, just Joshua so much Primo about this that gets so signed by the Brooklyn Nets. I'm just sorry. If Joshua Primo gets signed by the Brooklyn Nets, I'm Yo, I mean, I wouldn't be. Will you be surprised? No. Because here's the thing. Charlotte had the weirdest summer. All right. Everybody was getting arrested except for Gordon Hayward, who was probably friends with the cops arresting everybody. Allegedly. I don't know what I'm talking about, but everybody was getting arrested. Everybody was like, it was a mess, right? You have, and we, oh God, we didn't even have Miles Bridges on the rundown. That is how bad that the NBA is that I'm forgetting something like Miles Bridges. That's how much of a mess this stuff is. I'm, so, I'm pretty sure Miles' um, lawyer is ecstatic. He's like, thank God all this shit happened. I can get my player back. I can get him getting his money back. Um, yo, um, his probably like, the oh, Lakers are probably so happy. Like, obviously the stuff is terrible. But like, you know how good things, ha- how bad things have to be if we're no longer talking about Los Angeles? We don't. We're not talking about them. Robert Sarver, I forgot that he existed. What was that? Robert Sarver, Robert Sarver had an expose where his employees very bravely came out against him and forced him, forced a sale. They really like, and that that is a huge win for laborers. Let me just say the ability to do that, like huge, huge win for them. And why? Because of his long, lengthy history of racism and sexism and and all of that. It is November 6th. The NBA has been going on for two weeks. This man has not even sold his team. And I don't remember his story at all. That is how fast this news cycle is going. Like. Well, how many things can we deal with? You know what's actually like all jokes aside, I'm really because gotta I, laugh not to cry. <laughs> like it's crazy, but like I, if a woman of Hillary's caliber is dealing with stuff like this, can you imagine the women who are in lower positions and what they're dealing with on a regular and what they're dealing with in silence? It. And that's a really, really good question because I've been sitting here being like, why have we had so many of these stories, right? We have the Dallas Mavericks learning about the environment over there and how just unbelievably sexist and like just the, just the the awfulness within that organization that, you know, allegedly Mark Cuban didn't know anything about, which I, I think says a lot about him as an owner. Um, and And then you have, you know, Detroit with an executive as well, you know, um, workplace misconduct. You've got allegedly, you've got Ime, you've got Josh. And I'm just like, is this the result? And I think it is. And I think we've seen this in other industries. We can talk about sexual assault cases in the military. We can talk about sexual misconduct in every workplace in every workforce 
that's come out since women have been able to enter the fold. What we're now seeing is there are women working in these spaces and quote unquote locker room culture has not been able to adjust in a way. And the systems in place and the powers that be that always exist to protect the ones at the top will never benefit the women in charge unless you have a Robert Sarver situation where everybody comes together, unless you have a Dallas Maverick situation where everybody comes together and you have this expose. Outside of that, what we're seeing right now is like, it's truly unfortunate and I don't even know how to articulate it, but I'm sitting back and I'm like, women just want to work. We just like, we just want jobs. We just want to be able to exist in these spaces. We're not asking for a lot. And looking at the NBA now, and it's not, this is not a unique situation to the NBA. This is something that we see time and time again when the doors are open for women and we want to exist and we want to work alongside men is the people in power abuse that power and the victims of that are always going to be us. Yep. It doesn't matter how high up the ladder you are. Clearly, we doesn't see matter what your history. credentials are. Doesn't matter what your credentials are. Um, you're still susceptible to to the harassment and the assault. Um, I mean, the NBA doesn't have a good track record with abusers, anyway. Like, no male dominated. <laughs> so I just feel like does. we're we, we're just this is like the tip of the iceberg, and it almost feels like the NBA is having its own mini like Me Too movement, just because like I think. These are stories that typically wouldn't come out. I'm proud of Dr. Hillary for standing on on her conviction and saying that I'm going to come out and, and call the Spurs organization out. Like, because if the Spurs, you. they're like the golden standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they have those issues in their organization, mm-hmm. I have no hope for the rest of the NBA. And I hope mm-hmm. these stories do come out. Of course, you know, if these women don't want to speak on it, I don't blame you. You're putting your job at risk. You're putting your safety at risk. You're putting your mental health at risk. Um, also, like, online is disgusting. You see how many disgusting. people are, like, coming out, like, oh, like, it's either things like he risked it all for this. And it's like, if only you realize how ridiculous of a comment that is. And on uh, top of if it, only you realize like, how, like, for one, sexual assault and sexual harassment has nothing to do with how attractive you think another exactly. person is. It yeah. has everything to do with a power dynamic at play. And number two, what does it matter with the other? Like, being attractive does not mean that you should be sexually harassed and being unattractive. Doesn't, like, what? at what point do you like it's I get that it's the internet I get that people exist for shock value I get that it's a lot of immature people who are just looking for attentions and clicks but you don't benefit in any way as a person coming out and and speaking your truth about an incident that happened because you just get tons of people being like I don't believe you oh this and that and the third people wanting to doubt you and it's like it's it's so frustrating because we see this time and time again and I mean like her lawyer you know busby being the same person who represented the women who came out you know against deshaun watson and what happened there like this is not an nba issue this is an issue that exists in any space that you see it like in in any of these spaces quite quite frankly it's like it's beyond a professional sports issue this is um 
And we've seen it with the Me Too movement. This is a crisis that's just larger than all of that. And it's really, really unfortunate. And it's why we say believe women. It's why we say listen to women. And it's why it's important to amplify women's voices on these subject matters. It's not to say that every woman knows exactly what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about 90% of the times that I talk. But like, it is still important for us to have these conversations and to be amplifying voices that don't sound like yours and might not... um think in the way that you do because that's the only way to like truly progress as a society is to make sure that we're amplifying people so that everybody so the the, the power dynamic kind of lessens in that right like stories that are being shared and talked about openly so that women feel comfortable in spaces like this so that minorities feel comfortable in spaces like this and I hate to use this as a segue um, because I, it's, it's it's just unfortunate. And I, I don't know how to segue into Kyrie. And I was trying to think of ways to do it. And I think it's just a really just sad and difficult topic that mm. really comes from, in my opinion, and I'd love to hear yours, someone who could not just apologize. Like that's, to me, it's like, I, I don't believe that. <sighs> okay, so. So, I mean, everyone's kind of aware of the the Kyrie story at this point. He posted something on his social media um, that is a, a documentary and a book um, that has a lot of racist, sexist, anti-Semitic um, positions and viewpoints. And just like, it, 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 it's a book that is anti-Semitic a book that is racist, a book that is terrible, um, and in a movie that is as well. And he posted it. And I'm going to be honest, I don't believe he did it with the intention, with a, with a malicious heart or intended to hurt anybody. But I also don't believe that that matters. I like, I say that, but it does not matter. So who cares? Because for one, we can never truly know what someone's intentions are. So who cares? I, I can't defend it. I don't know. I just would hope that that's the case, but we can never truly know what someone's intentions are. But what we can know is what the impact of that is. And the impact here is that it hurt a lot of people. People are upset and rightfully so because anti-Semitism, as we've seen, is on the rise. And anything that amplifies those talking points needs to be addressed. It needs to be handled seriously. And instead of Kyrie just saying, my bad. I apologize. I did not mean to do that. He got on the defensive. Yeah, I the Kyrie situation is there is nuance to the conversation that I mm -hmm. think is missing. And I think if there were more people of color in that room, more black media members in that room, when the questioning happened, they could have guided the conversation in a different direction. Yeah. Are millions of Kyries all over the world sure. um, that are searching for their heritage that want to be proud of being black and have held on to this idea that we as black people are the chosen ones. Um, yeah. And it's, and it comes from a place of self-hatred. Um, it comes from a place of wanting to detach yourself from the slavery chattel slavery narrative yeah. and holding on to something that makes you more proud of who you are and I think yeah. that's yeah. where Kyrie is typically this happens when you're 19 and you know <laughs> fresh out of high school and 
you're like, wait, being black isn't like this horrible thing that we've we've been taught. Um, we've been taught throughout the the ages is horrible. It's it's actually a beautiful thing, but you it's so and there's a history to, to be that. proud of that doesn't need to be the black Hebrew is like right. And that's and I think and I think that's the conversation if 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 the questioning because the way that Nick kind of got at Nick him. I, yeah. I think I think Kyrie automatically got really defensive. For sure. But if there was somebody who said, you know what, I kind of understand why you fell into that hole that you fell into, but it's fucking wrong, right? He since apologized, but it shouldn't have taken so long. Just like deleting the post should not have taken so long. You didn't need to drag your feet for any of this. As soon as you find out that you hurt people because of your actions, just say sorry. But right now, um, we, we joked about it before, but Kyrie Irving is suspended for five games at minimum. Josiah has given him a list of things that he must do in order to come back into the fold. So if he completes this checklist, then he can play again for, for the Brooklyn Nets. And the checklist is apologize and condemn the film he promoted, which he's since done. The second is make a 500000 donation to anti-hate causes. I know that he tried to make a $500,000 donation to the ADL, but that was refused. So I don't know where anything sort of stands with that or if there's another anti-hate cause. Complete sensitivity training. Complete anti-Semitism training. Meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders. And meet with team owner Josiah to demonstrate an understanding on the situation. So my question to you, Sandy, is do you think that Kyrie Irving will play in five games or again for the Brooklyn Nets? I don't think he's going to play for the Brooklyn Nets again. Anytime something like this happens, whether it's anti-Black racism, anti-Semitism, anti-Asian racism, these are the steps that you should take to to take some kind of accountability for what you've done and the people that you've harmed. Um, so my thoughts are critical race theory is important. Why don't we learn <laughs> all of this without Definitely. having to be insensitive? Let's yeah. learn. Let's learn about all of this stuff without having to offend a group of people first. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's avoid the racism <laughs> part of it. <laughs> let's just, let's just let's teach just, this young let's just read books. <laughs> let's read, let's read <laughs> books. Honestly, a lot of this stuff, like a lot of a lot of this BS really does stem from ignorance, which is an unfortunate thing. But that's what happens when you strip a history and you don't teach it in in school. Right. Like we don't you don't teach history. You're going to have a lot of people profiting off of misinformation and disinformation. It's it's so unfortunate. And the conversations I feel like I they're very heated because it it, it this has to do this is anytime we bring in race, anytime we bring in any sort of ethnic group, anytime we bring in any sort of marginalization or oppression, anything like that, the conversations are going to get heated and and like understandably so. Um and I agree with you, there's a lot of nuance in the conversation that needs to be had. But for right now with Kyrie, you offended people and that should take precedence. I feel like he'll try. I, I think he'll try to make amends. I, I, like I, I want to be optimistic in saying I think he'll try to meet these requirements, but not to join the Brooklyn Nets again. 
but meet these requirements and I think he'll place elsewhere. I think his time with Brooklyn seems done. And that's going to lead everybody to talking about Kevin Durant. Like if if Kyrie's time is done, Ben Simmons, who like yeah. that for basketball reasons, we have tons of questions, right? That's not off the court stuff right now. That is on the court things with, with Benjamin Simmons. Benjamin Simmons. Why does it sound funny to say in full? But it's just like I, I don't know how to move off of this Kyrie thing, but I think I think we've said I, I think these conversations can continue to happen. And like we we here, I want to speak for both of us, are we don't have any of the like we don't have all of the answers. We're just trying to have a conversation. We mean well, we want to learn. So, you know, if you have any thoughts about what either one of us has said, let us know. Be kind. We'll be kind in response because I think we're just trying to understand what is a very messy situation and trying to add our own perspectives as Black people speaking on this topic and seeing why, trying to add our perspective into everything that's going on. And that's not going to always be super clear. That's not always going to be super clean. And we never need to offend. We just are trying to have the discussion here that we don't think people are having elsewhere. Um, Because that's what we started this to do. And that's what we're doing when it comes to sexual harassment, which I feel like is a lot more clear cut. Um, and a lot easier to be like black and white. <laughs> um, but the topic of race, the topic of uh, ethnic minorities in any way, a lot less black and white, even though, you know, that's ironic because black and white, get it, guys? So, yeah, let's I try to make a joke. I'm trying to, I'm trying to move, <laughs> trying to lighten I'm trying to move the mood. forward. I'm trying to lighten the mood a little bit. And then we're going to talk about Pascal. <laughs> I don't see why we're like the mood is so I'm in tears, guys, because it's unfortunate. It is it is unfortunate news. Um, the Raptors, a game against the Dallas Mavericks. Pascal had 18 points in the third quarter. Non-contact injury. It looked like he just did the splits. It looked like it was a little bit of a, a slip there. Um, strained his groin and will be reevaluated in two weeks. Um, which means the Raptors are going to be playing without Pascal Siakam, who unfortunately for him was on, I mean, fortunately for him, he was on an absolute tear, but unfortunately it's now being derailed by an injury, a a groin injury, which we've seen unfortunately before with Pascal Siakam. Um, And like he was, he was so, so good. Like uh, this is not my words, guys. This is the words of the great Zach Lowe where, um, you know, he said Pascal's not playing at an all-NBA level. Pascal's playing at a first-team all-NBA level. Like, we're talking top five. The yeah. man came into the season saying top five, and, and he, he was playing at uh, he meant it. all-NBA first-team level. Uh, he looked like an all-NBA first-team forward. He was leading the Raptors um, and showing just different elements of his game. You, you, we saw just elite footwork. We saw the face-up game that, like, yeah, was there at times when the Raptors needed it. We saw finishing. We saw him get to the line. We saw he had a game where he had four threes in the first quarter, and we saw a different variety of three-point shots. We saw off the dribble. He's we saw a catch and shoot. clutch player in the fourth. Like, we, everything that we've been asking Pascal to figure out, he it all came together like he he had like he was getting to his spots mm. nobody could guard him mm. and you could see the confidence like he knew he like he's at this point now 
in his career where he knows nobody else can guard him. We've always known, like, if Pascal just is confident enough to know that he's faster than everybody, he's 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 sl- slicker than everybody, mm-hmm. he can get around the floor a lot quicker than everybody else. No one can guard him. And I think it just clicked for him this season. So for him to get injured, I'm like so heartbroken for him because he was so excited to come into this season fully healthy. He was so excited to show what he'd, he'd worked on all summer. He'd worked on cumulatively for the last seven years. Like it was just all coming together and I'm just heartbroken for him. And I'm just praying that, you know, he's able to kind of just get right back into it as soon as he's, he's given the go ahead to play. Um, and there isn't too much of a drop off. Cause I really think he wanted this season to be his like coming out season um, where we just put the whole blade blade fucking joke to bed. And that should have died two years ago. It really should have, but you know, people NBA Twitter just doesn't know how to let things go. Um and I'm just, I'm just really heartbroken for him, especially because it's like a groin injury. And it's like, we know how much he struggled with that in 2019. I'm just, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, I'm, I'm so sad. Like I actually almost teared up when it's like, it was just like, oh no, like not the groin, not the groin. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I so heard sad. that to the tune of like, not the banging. <laughs> not the bang. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Hopefully, um, he'll be back soon and and better. Um, like, you know, what do they say? Minor step back for a major comeback. Uh, and in in this time, hopefully, we see, um, Gary and OG and Scotty really come into their own and and really sort of lead the charge we saw that from OG Ananobi at the start of last year when Pascal was out and I was looking at it the Raptors had a better record last year than they do right now at this time so um and and a large part of that was OG really stepping up into that role and Scotty's better than he was at the beginning of last year Precious is better than he was at the beginning of last year although sometimes you know I'm joking Precious is definitely better than he was at the start of last year he's growing he's good he's growing and um uh yeah, like the Raptors have a better team. They have a better supporting cast. Ken Birch is healthy. Otto Porter's here and being trusted in late game situations. The Raptors showed that when they came back um in that Dallas Mavericks game without Pascal Siakam, right? Like that was them getting down there, gritty defense, forcing turnovers, pushing the pace. And Scotty really he had zero points in the first half, and in the second half, he had 11 points, right? Like that's how he got to his triple double first ever triple double for Scotty, the youngest Raptor to ever do it. Um, and it like, it, it starts with that. So it starts with watching like on the positive end, if we can focus on anything positive here, it is the growth of Pascal Siakam, the continued growth of OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. And watching them come into roles where yes, the two best players and the two people that are going to play 38 minutes a night and have, you know, the highest usage on the team, although Fred's usage has definitely gone down are now out. So now we're going to be, it's going to be Scotty's team. You are giving Scotty the ball. They're OG, you're going to need to step up, which is exactly what we saw in the fourth quarter as well. Like there are going to be moments where we're asking these guys, OG had what 27 points in that game. Like he was truly the guy to do it. Uh, Gary, we've seen that, right? Like this is going to be their time. So I think there's if we're going to look on the positive, 
we want these young guys to grow. These are going to be the moments where they do it. Hopefully, Fred and Pascal can get the rest that they need. Um, young guys can come alive. And then, you know, we want everybody to be healthy in April, May, and June. Being healthy in November would be nice, but taking your rest, taking care of your body and taking time uh, is what's important right now. Yep, yep, yep. I, you know, people are really worried about Scotty, but I'm not. If you see, if you saw what he did in the fourth quarter last game, like he just. What is there to be worried about? I'm getting in the paint and you can't stop me. If he has that same kind of aggressiveness throughout the game. You don't have anything to worry about. He's he's got to really focus on that sort of aggression, right? It's it's um he's shown that an improved perimeter game, right? We've seen it. We know that it exists. Um, once again, another person who had what four or five <laughs> threes, um, uh, doing it in different ways. You know, you got step back, you got you know off the dribble, you got catch and shoot. You you see it in different ways. Yes, Scotty has improved as a perimeter player, which is great and is going to be necessary for his continued growth. But that aggression, that getting inside, those paint touches are going to be so important. Um, Scotty's passing just kind of looks superb. It looks like he's having a lot of fun. I know that man loves a no no look pass, and I do too. I do too, Scotty. But you know, sometimes, sometimes I'd be wanting to fight him though. Sometimes it's okay to look. It's <laughs> look. It's not illegal. Look, beloved. Look, sometimes. Just just occasionally. Sometimes. Uh like you don't lose points. It's not like, oh, it's one point because you'll look for the pass. <laughs> like you get half of the assist because you looked, you know? Um still There was one it. pass last game where he chucked it at Chris Bouget. Chris Bouget was so confused. What? No, but like, yo, sometimes you have to let them know that you're gonna, you know, you have no idea. His his court vision, like you're see, like you're seeing, you're seeing it, you're seeing the vision. (laughs) Like he looks so good in moments pushing the pace. Like I, I love watching Scotty with the ball, love Scotty working. And here's the thing: it's not always going to be the best, but that's kind of what this growth is for. That's what this time is for. And I mean, he looks like he's having fun playing. So stay healthy, guys. Uh, the Raptors play the Bulls uh, tonight, so we don't have the results of that one, but hopefully it was a good game. Hopefully it was a fun game. Shout out to DeMar DeRozan, who, whew, you know, death taxes and DeMar dropping 40 on the Celtics. Jeez. What I live. Jeez. What I love. It Thank it you, DeMar. You can have anybody as your wing defender. Drake, Jay Crowder. You can have Evan Turner. You can have Mark. Like, it, they've had so many wing defenders for so long and everybody's like oh yeah you know the wing, like the perimeter defense on boston it does not matter it has been a decade now where damar is like and i draw 40 on them and they could not stop me and they could not guard me uh so i love it i love that once it's a raptor a always a raptor I love, love, that it's, <laughs> love that it's a tradition that's continued. Thank you so much, Sandy, for joining me. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. I know that this conversation today was heavy. Um, and we mean nothing but love when we have these conversations. We're still learning. We're still growing. We just we want to bring forth conversations that we don't feel are happening elsewhere. And sometimes those are difficult conversations to have. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. And I hope that everyone has a lovely day. Peace. Before y'all go, Sandy and I just had a quick thing to add to the end of this because we wanted to make sure that we were doing the topic on anti-Semitism justice. So please listen and hit us up with any requests that you do have. 
So uh, we know uh, that this conversation is a very nuanced conversation, and I don't think we are well versed enough to have the kind of conversation that this this needs. Um, we're two Black women, um, so we may neither have one some, are Jewish, and we're not Jewish. Uh, so we may have some blind spots that we are not aware of, and so we do want to have a conversation, a spaces at some point, um, amplifying Jewish voices. Um, having a conversation with Jewish people in regards to this Kyrie situation and learning, because I think there's a lot that we as Black women need to learn from the Jewish community. Um, so we're just going to end the conversation there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys are interested in that, please let us know. We're also going to tweet it on the Dishes account. Um, we're going to set a date. And if you do want to have that conversation with us, please hit us up in our in our DMs, tweet us, email us if you uh, at dishes uh, at dish dines. And if you're a Black American as well, right? So yeah. um, we want to make sure we we started this pla- we started this to give us a platform because we did not hear our voices in media, and that meant diverse perspectives on topics. And here we're being met with a conversation and a topic, quite frankly, that we're not the lead voices on. We're not the people that should be directing the conversation. And we understand that in order to move forward, we need to listen to people. So if we're asking men to listen to us on certain topics, if we're asking white people to listen to us on certain topics, if I, as a Muslim person, am asking non-Muslim people to listen to me on certain topics, then I would expect in a moment... I would expect in a moment uh, where the topic of conversation is anti-Semitism that we're trying to amplify um, Jewish voices so that we can have a really nuanced conversation and actually speak about what's happening here because we don't think it's as black and white. Um, we we think that there is levels to this and layers to this and uh, honestly things that we don't quite understand. And so if you are, are willing, please join us. Um, we would love to have a spaces. Um, if you feel like a space isn't necessary and it's Twitter threads or anything like that, if there are resources that you have, we would love to amplify them. We would love to share them on our platform. So please let us know um, because we exist to give a voice to um, people who don't always have one on on um, other platforms and in other spaces. That's why Dishes and Dimes exist. That's why women came together to say, hey, we're going to talk sports, but sports isn't always just the stuff on the court. Quite often, it's the things off the court, which is what today's podcast in large part has been about. Um, So if you think that's a great idea, please join us. Uh, And yeah, that's it for me. Thank you all so much.